Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 13 of the podcast, What is Culture? My name is Rocco Longarello, and last week, in observance of Labor Day, we didn't publish an episode, but we're back today with a good one. If you did have the day off, that's that's great. Good for you. I hope it was really relaxing. This is what my day sounded like. Isn't that lovely? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It It is lovely, but it's also insane. So, anyway, back to it. I'm not the only one with a child. Get over it, Rocco. You'll be fine. Yes, good advice. So in a minute, you'll hear from Tango's Tara Rodriguez, a seasoned professional who has worked in the technology expense management industry, also known as TEM, for more than 20 years. In fact... She's one of Tango's most tenured employees and has worked in nearly every sector of the business. She's also experienced several mergers and acquisitions. And actually, I thought a quick timetable would be helpful for our listeners. So Tara entered the TEM industry in 1996 with Tell Data Control. Then in 2004, Tell Data Control merged with Broadmargin to form Control Point Solutions. Then four years later, in 2008, Control Point Solutions was acquired by India-based HCL Technologies. Finally, in 2011, Tango acquired the TEM division from HCL Technologies. So currently, Tara is a senior business analyst and has two chief responsibilities now with Tango. First, overseeing ongoing implementation activities for one of Tango's largest accounts. And second, developing ways to build automation into the implementations group, as well as throughout all of Tango, to help simplify our processes. Tara was recommended to be a guest on this podcast by her manager, Jason Corrente, who's Tango's director of implementations, and I'm very happy that he did. Thank you, Jason. Tara truly has a very unique and interesting story to tell. So here's my conversation with the very versatile Tara Rodriguez. Let's all learn from her. I was happy when you approached me because I feel like I do have a story to tell. And if anything that I say can inspire someone else in any which way, or just if they can connect with some of the things that I've experienced, I think that it's a great thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you took the words out of my mouth that everyone does absolutely have a story to tell. And I think what's interesting about you You've been in the TEM industry for quite some time. Mm -hmm. And so you've seen probably some evolutions. You've experienced several acquisitions. So maybe just to get started, if you could give us some history, um, how did your career in TEM begin and how did you get to where you are today? So I have been with Tango for 23 years. And I think I'm in competition with two other people that work for the company. (laughs) Not necessarily that came from where I did, but um, yeah, I've been here a long time. Um, I started with a TEM company called Tell Data Control in 1996, and then that merged with another company called Broad Margin, who were based in in, uh, Atlanta in 2004, and that formed Control Point Solutions. So after that, in 2008, uh, CPS was sold to an Indian-based company called HCL. 
And then in 2011, Tango acquired our division of the HCL business. So within that time span, I thought it would be important to recognize because most people will probably say 23 years you've been with the same company. It's really not common. Um, but I think what's unique about my experience is that through this company, I've really been able to grow my skill set by working in most of the business services that we have. So when I started, I started in the operation as an operations manager in what we know today as content management, which is the group responsible for data acquisition. And at this time, it also was the billing and circuit inventory department where within our company, we have that separated today. Both of those entities work together or we're, we're in one group. Uh -huh. um, so at the time we were, you know, a young company and we were growing and building the op the uh, content management group and they needed somebody to help define the process of data acquisition to hire many, many employees and just set up the operations division. And so I worked with my manager to do that and it was a really exciting time. At the same time, because we were so small, I also um, assisted with marketing. So I responded to RFPs and I created company collateral. And then further on in my career at Tango, I have I worked in HR to design training curriculums to lead the design of a company intranet, SharePoint. Wow. Uh, I was responsible for new hire training experience and I managed our SAS 70 and SSAE audits. And I was also re responsible for company communications. So further on. <laughs> Is that all? <laughs> no, that's, that, it? that's, that's not all. all. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I worked in aud auditing for a short amount of time to cover someone who was on maternity leave. Um, and then after that, I worked as a corporate program management officer. And then I've had various positions as project and program managers, both client facing and also internally within the company. Mm -hmm. So I think the only department I haven't worked for yet is IT. But in thinking about it further, I did uh, fill a role where I was the interface between operations requirements and IT product development. So I would gather the requirements, help write technical specs. So it kind of touched upon IT, but I didn't essentially report into the IT organization. So point, <laughs> not yet, point not is, yet at least. Not yeah. yet, but point is that I really have been so fortunate to be able to grow within the company of Tango. And um, and it's been enough for me. I haven't needed to to leave the company or you know, haven't wanted to venture out to another industry because, well, frankly, this one keeps us pretty darn busy. <laughs> right. So what your title now is senior business analyst? Yep. So today I work in the implementation business services operation um, under a subset called implementation solutions. Mm -hmm. And today I wear a couple of different hats. Um, one of my roles is to support our 15 year and running customer General Electric. Um, they cover the gamut of regions throughout the world. And the program that we have with them is that they're not only a lifecycle customer, but they're constantly bringing us um, additional scope that we need to bring on based on their internal businesses. So we work with the GE corporate 
entity and they bring on their internal businesses who are interested in having Tango process their invoices. So I've worked in this position for over seven years now. And when I started, I, it was just assigned to me. So they said, go Tara, please help us build this program. It's going to be continuous global implementations. So of course it was a challenge and I took it on. Um, the interesting thing about it is because it was global and I was the only resource and we were implementing APAC, EMEA, LATAM, North America and Canada at the same time, um, there wasn't a lot of sleep that was had. <laughs> um, so I was basically on calls in the morning covering the EMEA and the U.S. region in the afternoon, LATAM and then overnight at APAC. Um, I did make sure I, I stepped away and got my time off, but um, it was it was a lot. And I did that for, I guess, over three years where I was implementing consistently uh, approximately 40 projects at a time um, and bringing in lots of new spend from from General Electric, who was interested in having us help them build up this this program that they had. Wow. What what's your favorite brand of coffee? <laughs> to keep you going that long. Uh, well, my husband is from Costa Rica, so I'll have to say <laughs> Costa Rican coffee is my favorite. But yeah, um, it, I needed a lot of coffee. Um, thank goodness there was no video conferencing going on because <laughs> um, I, I probably looked really tired most of the time. Aww. And um, it also was a point where I've, I had always prior to that been in an office. But because of those hours, I pretty much went remote and I worked from home. Um, and Got so, it. yeah. So, so today, though, um, I do have a team of PMs and implementation operations employees who work on approximately 30 projects concurrently at any given time around the globe to engage with our vendors, set up automated ways to load the billing data and perform tests so that we can go live um, and then hand the scope off to our lifecycle team. Okay, so you you work remotely, but the nearest office to you is Parsippany, New Jersey, right? Yes, it okay. is. And and I do take every opportunity I can to go and visit because I really do miss being in an office. Um, so I am remote. I am considered remote, but mm -hmm. I do have a cube. I am on the culture committee in Parsippany. I still like to be involved and. And I really enjoy going in the office because there's so many people that I know. There's so many friends that I've made, you know, from when I started so many years ago. Um, in fact, what's also noteworthy is that in content management, where I was operations manager, many of the people that I hired or which came through my department at the time are now leaders in our company. So it feels really good to, you know, see them and know that Hopefully, I, I played a little bit of a part to get them in the industry and, and you know, see their growth. So it, It's funny because it makes me think of Nicole Tomasi. She works out of <laughs> Shell. She works out of Shell. You probably know her. I do. Um, she did an on-the-go with Sam last week, and one of the things that she said in that, that write-up was that people don't want to work from home anymore. They're, they love coming into the office, that they're – because a lot of us have the freedom and the flexibility to work from home a couple mm -hmm. days a week, but it seems like more people want to get into the office just to share whatever, you know, have lunch together, or I just feel like the, the vibe inside of the offices is just, is very healthy lately, and people want to be a part of that. Yeah. Um, 
So do you feel that you have a, a manageable workload at this point? I do. I do. do. It's, and that's just, I mean, for me, I, I could go on because the other thing that I do is I, I work um, to support the implementations and operations department mm -hmm. to evaluate ways to reduce waste and to build our and improve our processes using automation. So I spend half of my time overseeing the, the GE account and really looking for ways um, because General Electric are the leaders in innovation, so they really have also challenged us over time to join them in leading the way on business practices. So there's always different requirements that they have to help them grow and also, you know, to, to challenge us to um, changes that they need in, in the product. So it kind of complements the other piece of what Jason Corrente's group does which is really looking at ways to build automation into the implementations group and also throughout the company. So we don't only work with the operations departments, we also work with sales and IT and many other groups throughout our business um, to just figure out and dig into um, how does the process work today and how can we pull in the automation opportunities to, to change the process. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's the other um, side of my job, <laughs> um, but it is manageable. I, it's much more manageable now that I'm not, you know, working around the clock um, and that I do really have a great team. Um, thanks to Sally Morrison uh, and also uh, Mike Kopchak. He's provided the resources to allow, uh, you know, me to support GE with project managers versus me having to to sit there and do all the work. Sure. So how how would you or how have you handled a situation where you do feel overwhelmed with your workload? Well, the first thing I do is I'm very upfront. Um, if I don't feel comfortable with something or I am struggling with something, I immediately will talk to Jason or talk to Chris Dabanowitz and, you know, and say to them, hey, I'm having this issue or I need help in prioritization or you know, I just need to talk this through with you. Mm -hmm, um, sure. Sometimes it's talking it through with them. Sometimes it's talking it through with my family. I mean, um, you can imagine that working here all these years, my my husband, my kids, they they pretty much know what I do. They actually ask me quite often, how's Jason or how's, you know, one of my GE contacts? <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it's communication and then it's making hard decisions to say, hey, I have to table this for now and come back to it later. Yeah, um, for I sure. I find a way. Good. So uh, kind of related to that, what what do you do if to relieve stress? Do you have any techniques that you use when things just get to the point where it's like, oh, my gosh, this is overwhelming? So I work out regularly at least four times a week. Um, I, I like to do kickboxing and spin. And in the summertime, I I live in an area that has uh, lots of hills and terrain. So mm -hmm. I'll go out and just take a, a nice hike. Um, that's that's one of the ways that I reduce steam. Um, wine always helps. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's the unhealthier option. But you're right. Unhealthier option, yes. Well, it could be balanced out with the workout. You're but, right. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, I think that's what what works for me. How long have you been married? I have been married twenty years this July. 
Wow. Congratulations. So you yeah. just had your 20 year. Wow. That's a big I one. Did. Yeah. Did, did you do anything special? Um, not really. I mean, we went out to dinner. We did just come back from a cruise to celebrate my mom's 70th birthday. So I guess we, you could say that it was a combined celebration. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't, once it gets to 20 years, it's kind of, <laughs> we don't do too many big things, but we do, we do reward ourselves frequently and go out to dinner or go out with friends and you have children. You said I do. I have two daughters. I have a 13 year old who's going into eighth grade and a 17 year old who's, who's going to be a senior this year. So Oh, the teenage years, my, the teenage years, but yeah, <laughs> but I'm really lucky. I have yeah. you know, two girls that so far don't give me too much trouble. One of them is really into volleyball and the other one is just pretty quiet and, you know, and calm. I haven't, haven't experienced anything to drive me too crazy. <laughs> Good. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So this is the question that you, I'm sure you've thought about this before I ask it, but obviously I need to ask you. What does culture mean to you? Mm -hmm. So I feel like I may be repeating a lot of what other people sure. have said, but I assure you this is coming from my perspective. Yeah, no, I believe um, it. Yep. So it's a common way of behavior based on beliefs, visions, and values. Uh, it's about the feeling or vibe a person experiences when being part of an established community. Um, I think if I had to picture a perfect culture, it would be one that encourages and delivers open communication. Um, I think by giving people the information they need, whether it be training on how to do their jobs, what our company goals or visions are for the year, uh, how we're measuring against our goals or, or information about an event employees can participate in, I think communication is, is needed, it's critical. Um, it allows people to be accountable for their own success. I think with any culture, self-motivation is also needed. Uh, you can have a culture emerge throughout a community or place of business, but if the individual chooses not to participate because they can't relate to the behaviors and feel strongly that there's something missing, I think that we should always provide the outlet to allow them to express themselves and have it acknowledged by the community. Mm -hmm. um, with that said, I think everyone is responsible for feeding culture into a company or community. Um, and, and so with that said, I think it's really about people. Um, I also think it's transparent and inclusive to the, the total population. Yeah, I think, like you said before you got into your response, it's tough at this point, what, 27, 26 episodes in to yeah. not to not say something that is similar to the past guests. But that's that's interesting in of itself that um, the shared theme that I continue to hear is essentially you, what you bring to work every day is going to become part of our culture. And you have to take ownership of the energy you're putting out into the world. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been with us for so long, you've probably seen, you know, kind of ups and downs. So maybe if you could talk a little bit about in the time that you've been with Tango, how has the culture changed or shifted or, or anything like that? Um, so it's, you know, it has shifted pretty drastically from sort of when I started in the industry. 
to where we are now. But if you want me to just focus on the tango piece of it. Um, no, I, I mean, how, yeah, however you feel. Yeah, and you could answer it any way you, you'd like. Okay, so yeah. when I started, we were, like I said, a startup company. So we were hungry and we were energized and we it was a really good time for the telecom. And I know now we're really more about information technology, but it was more focused on telecom back then. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the employees and even the the um, the people who started the company were employees from companies like AT&T and M MCI. And due to divestitures, the opportunities to increase revenue on audit opportunities were really strong and growing and bursting with opportunity. So I came into the company, I think it we were 15 people at the time, <laughs> and, um, and saw it grow to about 200. Uh, and within that time, there was just we were you know making a lot of money so there were a lot of happy hours and incentives and i even took trips to puerto rico and st thomas so you know we worked super hard we were very tight-knit but we also played you know super hard we and celebrated um when we started to merge with other companies there naturally was a culture change um so we we you know spanned out to multiple offices uh, we, you know, experienced growing pains. Um, so there really had to be a lot of focus on communication and driving culture and to the next level. So, you know, we needed to build the SharePoint company portal. Um, we had platforms that were now unique. So one company had one platform and we had another. We needed to figure out how, which was the better system or how we were going to work that with customers. Um, and I think we still go through the same, you know, challenges today with all of our focus on the go forward platforms. So it was just growing pains and needing to, you know, to figure out how we could keep our culture was sometimes a challenge. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, we, I feel like that. I'm sorry to, to interrupt, okay. but I feel like that's uh, so. Like you said, you feel like you wanted to to keep your culture, and that's kind of like that. Um, when we acquired Moby, mm -hmm. that was those were kinds of some of the comments that we were hearing from Indianapolis. Was we want to keep our culture? We want to keep our culture. And the thing about culture is that it's it's a live thing it's a it's almost like its own entity and right. so you 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 don't really own the culture the culture in some way owns you so you have to kind of accept that it's going to be a collection of multiple people so i understand there's an importance to maintain the essence of things that you do that you define as your culture but mm -hmm. i think it's it could be misleading to say keep our culture because yeah. culture is changing culture is different now than it was 18 minutes ago you know right. it's, it's it is that organic yeah so i mean we still did things within our respective office you know like bowling events and in office gardening and the you know christmas angel tree and habitat for humanity we still did all those things but um sure. they're just was a sense of, well, now we're part of this other bigger organization and where do we fit? <laughs> yeah, of course. And that's just yeah. takes time. Yeah. 
that you so. just have to be patient with that, I would think. Yep. So and then and then for a short time we were an Indian company. So that was another sense of figuring out where we where we belonged kind of thing. And yeah, it's like an identity crisis, really. Yeah. 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 So um that was an interesting time. <laughs> and then at the end there, before we became Tango, we were, we lost most of our sales team. <laughs> and so there wasn't a lot of new business coming in. So, you know, that was also a nervous period of time as well. Um, but then we became part of Tango and, um, and, and it was good. I mean, it was, you know, good. That is when I came into Tango and I saw all of these people who were from other acquisitions that also occurred at the same time and I was able to, you know, reconnect with them. So there was definitely some positive energy there. Um, when I arrived, the office was pretty quiet and I had heard that in the past, like you couldn't even have pictures on your, you know, in your cube. Um, you know, there was just a, it was a lot more oh gosh. Uh, proper. And so <laughs> I remember having a conversation with a colleague and saying, we need, we need something like, can we initiate the, the culture committee here? And at the time we spoke to the person that ran the office and he was open to it. So we did things like we'd, um, we do ice cream Thursdays where we, you know, walk around with a cart and we collected money so that we could donate it back to, to charities and things like that, or have other culture events. So we did minimal because of just the time that we had, but we tried to instill something that would energize the office a little. Mm. So you kind of always, it sounds like you always uh, had this understanding of the importance of putting out some positive energy at an office, even if, it, like you said, even those small things, um, but, it, you know, working in a sterile environment, like a white wall, no photos anywhere, that's just not going to create a a positive atmosphere. I can't imagine. Right. Yeah. What year was that when you were officially part of Tango? 2011. 2011. But, okay. but I, I think we didn't essentially like little by little, the different departments started to integrate. So I probably didn't come over until start of 2012. Cause I think it was mid end of the year, 2011. Okay. So, yeah. So, so how would you describe the culture in the Parsippany office? currently i think it's really good and getting better um so i mean just the fact that we now have the roof center i see people you know sitting on the couches to plan their day um we're, we're trying to do just pop-up events every now and then we're definitely we meet every single week and we plan out different events that we can do to just pull employees together um, I think that we need to get to the point also that we're not sort of sticking in, in the same groups of people who are comfortable with one another, but really starting to meet people that are newer to the company. Cause we do have a nice amount of new employees. So, you know, you have people who have been here or who have been through acquisitions and, or, or here through acquisitions or here for, you know, 10 years. So they're used to talking to one another. Um, I think we're, we're trying to organize future events where there's a nice mix of people, you know, working together. So you said the Rue Center. What is that? Is that like the common area that you guys just put the together? The common area. Okay. Yeah. 
what do you guys have in there besides couches? So we have a uh, arcade, <laughs> which I haven't haven't participated in yet, but we have a shuffleboard, we have ping pong, we have a really nice puzzle center, which a lot of people are are you know taking the opportunity to just maybe if they feel a little bit stressed, they'll go to the table and they'll work on a puzzle and we have a wall where all the puzzles are being uh, uh, posted. Um, we have, you know, a nice set of couches and, you know, it's just really nice. And then whenever we do our events, we have high top tables where, you know, people congregate and usually our events have to do something with food. <laughs> so we set the food up there where people just, you know, will, will sit there and, and enjoy just some time away from their desks. Nice. Um, so this is a, this is kind of a question I wanted to ask, and I was thinking about it even before we got on the call today. So you've reached out to me once or twice to say that you enjoyed an episode of the podcast, and that always means so much to me when, when people reach out and say, oh my God, it was so great to hear from such and such guest, mm -hmm. because it's, it's not about me. So I'm just wondering, why do you, th <laughs> I guess it's like a pitch for myself, but <laughs> why do you think Tango employees should listen to this podcast? I think it helps, it, it, it will help them appreciate the, our employees throughout the world. And just really to recognize that we are, we're not just a culture, we're multicultural. Um, so when I listen to the podcasts, you know, whoever it is, I, I look for a message in it. Um, and oftentimes I can relate to something or I learn something different, either about our company or about the person. Um, I'm a people person. So just being able to meet people that I normally wouldn't have connected with um, on a project or, or in general, it just, it, it's great to be able to listen to this and hear concepts of culture and just even new information that I might learn about sales or about marketing or about just the different groups within our company. Um, so I just, I really enjoy it. And I do listen to your podcast when I do my exercise, when I'm going out on my hikes or what have you. Um, I just, that's a time for me to disconnect and, you know, just focus on the podcast. And I honestly, prior to this, I had not listened to any other podcast. <laughs> before so I can't compare it to others but I can tell you that it's really had a positive result on me and I we've we've talked about it in our team meetings and you know everybody seems to feel the same way Jason you know said that yeah it's very positive you walk away being energized about working for Tango because we have these amazing people who have amazing history and just good advice and um, I you know I am a promoter and I think that yeah. um, I, I can tell you that I, because of time, it's hard to listen to every one of them within the week. So sometimes I catch up on two to three, you know, a couple weeks later. But Yeah. Um, yeah. And thank you so much. And I'm, it's a little bit, it's, it's almost awkward or uncomfortable to ask you that, but I appreciate it. You touched on it, but the people that I interview, um, it's just, it's incredible the caliber of people that we work with. And there's always a story to tell. And you you said that in the beginning of when we got on this call together, mm -hmm. everyone has a story. Yeah. And I just feel so lucky that I'm able to give that 
those employees a voice. And I wish I wish more people would listen, obviously, but um, I'm not I'm trying not to think about that. I'm focusing more on people like you that look forward to it. And it means a lot to me. And thank you for saying that. Well, thank you. And I you make it really easy to talk to. You know, it, it's very personable. So um, that helps a lot, too. Yeah, thank you. I should, so <laughs> people are like, how much did you pay Tara to say all these things? But, <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, no. <laughs> never this, met you before today. <laughs> I've never met Tara before. This was not staged. But no, seriously, because, you know, uh, how many times could I tell people to listen or Bob can get on the town hall? I mean, there three town halls in the last year, We there was a piece about the podcast. Mm -hmm. And so... I just, I'm just going to, like I said, I'm going to focus on the ears that I have and not the ears that I don't. And yeah. that's all I can do. And it's just, um, I just love it. I love talking to people. I love hearing about them. Your story is incredible. The amount of experience that you have and the insight into all these different departments. And um, it's very cool. And at the end of every episode, I'm like, I feel connected to the person. Like mm -hmm. I feel like um, we would get along, and I I always feel that way. No matter who I meet, I'm just like, we're so lucky to have them. Yeah, it's really weird. I don't know. I I made a joke with Sam. I think in, in her episode where there like there's something in the water, or like <laughs> I don't know what's going on. How they got these kind of people together at one company. But everybody just fits right in. It's just very strange. I've never worked anywhere like that in my life. Yeah. And I think the I'll go back to culture. I think the culture of, of our leadership being very open and expressive now, it's very different than what we've had in the past. And I think just that in itself mm. is encouraging people to be more outspoken and to just tell their story and to feel more comfortable. Whereas before they may have thought something, but kept it inside because they didn't feel like this was the type of company that would appreciate it or who would be welcoming to it. Um, so I think it it really helps. You know, I give lots of kudos to our, our leadership because I think they're doing a great job at really encouraging communication, delivering communication, um, and hiring people who, who will help to support that, like yourself, like Sam and like others. Um, and I think, mm -hmm. I think we're in a really good place. I think we're, you know, I, I think I, I'm excited to see what's to come. Yeah, me too. And you're absolutely, you're absolutely right that this podcast, obviously, and, and all the other communication that exists, a lot of it is due to our leadership. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, think about a CEO. <laughs> I, I still can't believe that Bob was like full steam ahead with this project. And obviously we wouldn't, this would never have existed without his support, right? So looking ahead, you know, on this journey, right, of discovering our culture, do you have any advice for us as we work towards uh, discovering our culture? I think we need to, you know, constantly communicate. Um, I think those of us who who want to, we should be, you know, be the example. Um, we need to keep a pulse on, on employee feedback. We need to encourage employees to become active in, in the company culture. 
Um, as an example, whenever I have the opportunity to go outside of what I do day to day, um, I'll I'll sign up. So even though I'm a remote employee, I ask, can you please include me in the culture committee? Because I like to help other people. It, it makes me happy. Um, when we did our Gallup 12 survey, um, I asked or I volunteered to be an engagement champion. Um, so some of those things, I think if we can just continue to encourage other employees to get involved, um, they can be, you know, part of of change, um, which I'm huge on. Um, I think that we always need to be changing. You know, some things may remain the same. There may be standards that, you know, need to remain the same, but I think we need to always be looking at how we can make things better. Sure, absolutely. And I, I think that's a great pitch because we, if we feel that we want to make a change, we have to be an influence. We can't mm -hmm. sit back, we have to participate. Yeah. So, yeah, thank I appreciate you saying that because sometimes um, people need to hear that. Right. If 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 you have an idea or you want it, you want to affect change, then you have to participate. You have to influence it. So, yeah, I appreciate that. So I, I want to give you an opportunity throughout this conversation. We touched on a, quite a few topics, but if there's anything else left that you wanted to to share, you know, here's an opportunity right now. So I think I would be remiss if I didn't give some shout outs. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's um, my favorite. So, um, you know, so in the spirit of culture, I know that we want it to be alive and I feel like it really is within the implementations organization. Um, and I think it's a direct result of the leaders that we have there. Um, so I can tell you that each and every week when I meet with Jason, you know, who I report to for an hour, you know, a lot of times it's not enough, but we just have such a great time sharing our ideas and talking about what we can, you know, do to help the company and, you know, help our implementation and other areas of the business. And I really, I, I can say that I've had that with other leadership, but I feel like it's just really grown. It's at another level now. Um, and I think Chris Devanowitz also helps me kind of come out of my comfort zone. <laughs> um, and so I really want to thank him for the, for doing that, for putting me in sometimes uncomfortable situations. But I think that everyone everyone needs to be uncomfortable every now and then to keep us on our toes. Um, and then my, you know, who I, my team who I work with, Steph and Sean and Mark and Daria, um, they're just great colleagues who, you know, we have a small team and we accomplish a lot. And it's only because we're able to work well together. Um, and then finally, my GE team of Robert, Michelle, Sujith, Praveen, Raj, Emily and Darid, um, the, the amount of projects that we complete each year, which is around 100, is just commendable. Um, and so I think that the management that allows me to have those resources because they don't directly report to me. Um, and then the service delivery group of GE who we hand off projects to. Um, there have been times where I've sort of been off on my own island within uh, supporting GE when I didn't report to this team and they've always, you know, accepted me as as family within their group. So just want to recognize them. Yeah. That's yeah, that's so awesome. I, I love that you made it a point to do that. 
every time I do one of these interviews, I keep meeting people that I'm fascinated by, and really nice to get to know you. I, you have such a good story to share, and I, I'm really I'm happy to to give you the opportunity to be heard. And thank you for being on the show. Thank you, Rocco. I'm really happy that I was able to be here, and um, and I hope <laughs> I hope we get good hits here. And I will I try I will try my best <laughs> to help promote it. So if you listen to this show pretty regularly, you hear me talk about work-life balance pretty often, pretty regularly. It's usually something that I ask the guests about. And it seems to me that Tara truly has found balance in her in her career and in her life. So I wanted to share uh, a Cherokee Indian legend. Um, I was told about this by my sister actually a couple weeks ago. Um, her husband actually was telling that story to their two boys so essentially it's a parable it's pretty quick and i i just want to share it i think it's really powerful and it's fitting as well um okay so here it is the tale of the two wolves an old cherokee is teaching his grandson about life a fight is going on inside me he said to the boy it's a terrible fight and it's between two wolves one is evil he is anger envy Sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. He continued, The other is good. He is joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. The same fight is going on inside of you and inside of every other person, too. The grandson thought about it for a minute, then asked his grandfather, which wolf will win? The old Cherokee simply replied, the one you feed. So there you have it. But before we go, I just want to say thank you, Tara, for sharing your story. It was truly amazing to hear all about your evolution with Tango and within the industry. I mean, your versatility, your dedication, and your gratitude towards your colleagues is impressive, and it's really something to admire. And I probably sound like a broken record, but I'm just continuously impressed and just blown away by the caliber of people that I continue to meet at Tango and interview. Thank you all for listening. Until next time.